0: today we're going to conclude our series called the big three now in this series we're talking about our three biggest enemies so far we've talked about satan and we've talked about self today we're going to talk about society yes i believe society is an enemy here's what we need to know and that is society or the world is not a friend to the saint in fact, it's an enemy. And so I want to I talk a little bit about mainstream society today. And I've, I've prepared four statements for you today that I want to share. And the first statement that I want to give you this morning concerning society, and that is this, mainstream society operates from a different set of values than we do. Do you understand that? Yeah, yeah, mainstream society operates from a different set of values Than we do. First John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? When you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. It goes on to say, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the father, but are from the world. It goes on to say, and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who pleases God will live forever. See, see, if we're not really, really careful, we will get swept away and become caught up with what mainstream society is caught up in. And that is in satisfying the flesh and in feeding our carnal desires. Yeah, yeah if it feels good do it. it is society's theme. Do what makes you happy. Do what benefits you regardless of the cost regardless of the consequences regardless of what the Bible says. Mainstream society operates from a different set of values than we do. More is its constant desire. More power, more pleasure, more possessions, more prestige. And do whatever you have to do in order to get them. But the Bible teaches absolutely the opposite of this. The Bible teaches that the way up is down. The Bible teaches that in order to be exalted, we have to humble ourselves. The Bible teaches that when somebody slaps you on one side of the face, that that you are to turn your cheek and let them slap that cheek also. I'm so glad it doesn't say what to do after that. We're on our own. Amen. The Bible teaches to give stuff away rather than stack it up. Yeah, mainstream society operates from a different set of values than we do, or at least this is how it should be. Here's a startling fact. Our values reveal who our father is. Our values reveal who our father is. Jesus said this about sinners in John chapter 8, verses 44 through 47. Jesus said, Jesus said, you are of your children, you are the children of your father, the devil. Jesus said, you love what he loves. And Jesus said, when I speak the truth, you don't believe me. Anyone, Jesus said, who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you do not belong to God. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying that our values reveal who our father is. Our values, which translate into our actions, reveal who we belong to. Do we belong to God or do we belong to the devil? Jesus said, Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, only those who do the will of my father. And the will of the father is to obey his word. We're talking about one of our three biggest enemies today, and that is society. Listen, friend, mainstream society is not a friend to the saint. It operates from a different set of values than we do. The fact is, and we find it in my second statement this morning, that is mainstream society opposes everything that we are for. Yeah, mainstream society opposes everything that, that we are for. John chapter 15 verses 18 and 19 says, says, if the world hates you, Jesus said, remember that it hated me first. Right. Jesus said the world would love you as its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. Because Jesus said, I chose you to come out of the world, and because I chose to take you out of the world and call you out of the world, the world hates you. See, 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 trying to mix saints with sinners is like trying to mix oil and water. Because we don't see things alike. We don't have the same desires. We, we're not motivated by the same things. Write this down this morning. If you Write this down. You can't walk with God and run with the world at the same time. And there's a lot of people, and I believe today especially, there are a lot of people in church. Oh, they, you know, they go to church, but, but, but they're, trying to, they're trying to walk with God and run with the world at the same time. And it just cannot be done. Right. See, understand this. It's, it is impossible to be a friend of God and of the world too. You cannot be a friend of God and be a friend of the world at the same time. James chapter 4 and verse 4 says, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? He goes on to say, I say it again, if you want to be a friend with the world, you will make yourself an enemy of God. Oh, hear me this morning, church, we're not called to blend in, we're called to stand out. We're not called to blend in. We're not called to go along to get along. We are not called to blend in. We are called to stand out. But please don't hear what I what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about possessing a better than you or know-it-all attitude. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about calling everybody out for not measuring up to your standards. Because, listen, standards, by the way, are often very hypocritical. It absolutely amazes me. People come to me sometimes tattling. (laughs) Yeah, I've had people down through the years come to me often tattling on another member of the church. Calling them out for some particular sin or perceived flaw in their life. And oftentimes when they come running to me tattling about some other member in the church, oftentimes I'm thinking, really? I mean, really? You are guilty of far worse than this and you're calling out your brother or your sister for that? You're like the skunk that is criticizing the tomcat for having bad breath. Jesus said it like this. You got a boulder sticking out of your eye, but you want to criticize somebody else for a little splinter coming out of theirs. So I'm not talking about calling everybody out for not measuring up for, for, to your particular standards. And usually we are hypocritical in that area. Yeah, true. Amen. Well, back to my point, it's It is impossible to be a friend of God and of the world too because because the world opposes everything that we are for. See, if we truly stand for what God's word teaches, we're going to be standing in a very short line because there are very few people, and especially in our modern society and modern world and even in our modern church world, there's very few people that are actually standing up for godly standards. In fact, there are only a minority of Christians today that are actually in alignment and in agreement with the standards of the word of God. The problem is the Americanized version of Christianity has so watered down God's word. which has produced far too many carnal Christians, uh, and in too many cases you can compare saint with sinner and find very little difference in word, deed, and action. It's amazing the language and the words that Christians are using this day. It's amazing the things that they're involved in. It's amazing the things that, that, that doesn't seem to bother them anymore. And I'm not talking about legalism this morning. I'm not talking about my little list of do's and don'ts. But I want to tell you, there's a lot of absolutes in the Bible. And there's a lot of Christians that are absolutely breaking those absolutes. But because they come to church on Sunday morning, they think that all is well. And yet in Second Corinthians chapter six and verse 17, it says, "Come out from among unbelievers and separate yourself from them, says the Lord, and don't touch their filthy things, and I will receive you." And Jesus said in Matthew seven and 20, Jesus said, "Just as you can identify a type, or excuse me, J- Jesus said, "Just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions." I prepared four statements for you today about society, one of our enemies. The first one is this, mainstream society operates from a different set of values than we do. Statement number two is mainstream society opposes everything that we are for. And my third statement this morning is this, mainstream society ostracizes everyone who isn't willing to go along. In John chapter 17, we find recorded a prayer of Jesus. In this prayer, Jesus prays for his followers. In verses 14 through 18, Jesus prays this. Jesus prays, the world hates my followers because they don't belong to the world. He's praying to his father and he says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. He goes on praying and saying, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Jesus said that his true follower, followers would be hated by the world. Why? Because we cannot be a true follower of Christ and be in obedience to Scripture and embrace the values or lack of values of this world. The Bible teaches us that even though we are in the world, as true believers, we cannot become of the world. And because a true saint will be totally opposite of a sinner. That true saint will be rejected because they pose a threat to the ways and thoughts of the sinner. You see, the true saint won't lie for their boss to help them cover their behind because the Bible says thou shalt not lie. They won't doctor the books or cover up an indiscretion. They won't vote against their conscience or promote an ungodly agenda. They won't go along in order to get along. And so because of that, they are in the way. Bible believing, fundamental Bible believers are in the way of the world. They're in the way of society today. We're in the way. And we become an enemy. An enemy that must be destroyed. That's exactly what is happening and taking place in our world today. A concentrated attack against fundamental Bible believers who believe the word of God. The true Bible-believing church has become such an enemy. We have become targeted. There's a bullseye that is on our back. And Bible believers are being mocked and ridiculed and made fun of today. Our fundamental Bible beliefs are being called archaic and old-fashioned and out of date. The truth of the matter is society ostracizes everyone who is not willing to go along. And here's some more truth this morning. Please give this. Without a firm foundation, we won't be able to withstand the pressure. I said without a firm foundation... Friend, there are things that are going to happen. You think things are bad. They're, They're just, I'm telling you, there are things that are already in the pipeline. There are things the enemy of our soul has already lined up. Things are coming. Assaults are coming. Attacks are coming. I'm telling you, things are going to come. That we can't even fathom or understand or even even think would ever happen in our life. And, friend, without a firm foundation, we're not going to be able to withstand the pressure. True. Amen. Amen. Help us. The days of just coming to church for an hour and jump up and down and get a good pep talk are over. It's a, it's a new day, friend. It's a day we better prepare the church. We better prepare the saints. We better prepare the people for what is happening and what is going to happen and what's coming. Listen, there has never been a time when we needed to pray and study the Bible and come to church more than we need to today. And there has never been a time when the church needed to make discipleship one of its main focuses and main priorities more than today. And I'm so thankful that Pastor Sean has implemented and consistently pushed discipleship at the Grace Place for the past several years. And I predict that it will not only continue under his and Pastor Christ's leadership, but I prophesy, I predict that it will intensify. Yes. Now, you might say, Pastor, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Maybe not. You don't have to go into the kitchen to eat either. But that's where the food is. See, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Very few Christians feed themselves. If you think people walk out of this room and go home and take their Bible and open it every day and spend time soaping and spend time every day in the Word and in prayer, I don't know what you're smoking. (laughs) It sounds really good in theory. And it ought to happen. And there are a remnant. There are a Blessed few that do. But here's what I know, and I I know for a fact, very few Christians feed themselves. Should they? Absolutely. And that's what part of of discipleship is all about. Not Not just pouring into people, but also equipping them so they know how to feed themselves. But the truth still remains that that for most Christians, they get 75 to 100% of their spiritual food at church. And what's even sadder than this is the fact that, that most Christians today in this modern day, and especially since the pandemic, most Christians only come to church once or twice a month. I remember when I was a kid growing up, we called people faithful if they come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. A few years ago, we said the faithful church members were those that showed up two or three times a month on Sunday. Now, now the new metric is people that come once a month, they are your faithful people. Now, I'm not talking to anybody in here. This is the cream of the crop right here. But hear me this morning. That's not enough. That's not enough to build us to build a solid spiritual and biblical foundation. Now listen, I want to talk to the parents for a little bit this morning. Listen, your kids, your kids are facing a world that we didn't have to face. A world that teaches them the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches. People that things that are so absurd and don't even make sense logically but they're teaching them as fact your kids are facing a world we never had to face listen listen, mom dad if you truly truly love your kids you're going to help them build a solid biblical foundation you're going to get them to church every Sunday that you possibly can you get them to girls' ministry and rangers and youth group, and you'll send them to camp and youth convention and campouts. You'll you, you get them every time there's an, an event. You'll do your best to get them there so they can get under that influence because you're trying to build a solid biblical foundation because they have so much to overcome. Yeah. And then you won't stop there, but you will invest in them personally with family devotions. You'll read the word to them, and you will pray with them, and you will talk with them. You'll monitor what they watch and what they listen to. You'll closely monitor their social media and their personal relationships. And mom and dad, while I'm on this, you better not play around with your devotional or spiritual life either. Because all hell is coming at the saints these days, and it's just getting started. Without a firm foundation, we will not be able to withstand the pressure. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17 says, says, I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends, be on guard so that you won't be carried away by the errors of wicked people and lose your own sure footing. All right, let me give you the fourth and final statement that I have to make about society this morning, and it's this. Mainstream society will eventually be obliterated. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 10 and 11 says, The day of the Lord is going to come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens are going to pass away, and the heavens are going to disappear in fire. The earth and everything in it will also be burned up. Therefore, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Listen, those in mainstream society think they're in control. They're moving our world in the direction that they want it to be and want it to go, and that is farther and farther and farther away from God and away from his principles. They snicker and they laugh at at us born-again Christians who stand for biblical absolutes and stand against their immoral and godless agenda. But hear me this morning, the truth is they are not in control listen friend you may look around at the world and look around and see what's happening and taking place and you may think that things are out of control let me tell you friend things are not out of control and and society is not in control I want to tell you that God is still sitting on his throne today that God is still pushing the buttons he's still pulling the levers Amen. God is still doing what he's always done amen and he's going to get to, to happen what he wants to happen God is still in charge do you believe that this morning And he is so much in charge that God is using them. He's using mainstream society. He's using them to set the stage for the Antichrist and the final days for planet Earth as we know it. But I want to tell you, friend, you need to understand this, and that is that God is going to have the last laugh. Oh, the world may laugh at us, fundamental Bible believers, Bible thumpers. All oh, that will really believe the word of God and stand upon the word of God. Listen, they may look at us and they may mock and ridicule and make fun and laugh at us today. But I'm going to tell you the day is coming when God is going to laugh at them. God is going to have the last laugh. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 37 and three, the Lord laughs at the wicked. All oh, the wicked thinks they are so something else, you know, and think they're in charge and think they're going and getting things their way and moving things the way that they want them to move listen all they are is a puppet in the hands of God all they are is being used of God to set the stage for what God has already predestined for, uh, for our world to become and they are laughing at us but God is laughing at them Psalm 37 and 13 the Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows he knows their day is coming Their day is coming. Their day is coming. Oh, hear me, friends. Don't get caught up in the trappings of this life and what the world has to offer. Today is temporary. Listen, a big change is coming. I said a big change is coming, and it could be coming tomorrow. Don't forfeit tomorrow's promises for today's pleasures. Second Peter chapter 3. Verses 8 through 14 says, But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Friend, Jesus has only been gone two days. He's only been gone two days on God's timetable. Do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but he's long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Friend, it's not a day to see how close to the world we can get. It's a day we better see how close to God we can get. Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. Our series has been the big three, our three biggest enemies. Today, we focused on the enemy of society. Friend, mainstream society is not our friend. The takeaway for the message this morning is this. We must not allow the influence of society to affect our influence on society. We're in the world, friend, but we're not of the world. Listen, friend, if you have the same desires as your sinner friend has... If your life closely mirrors there it might be time to take spiritual inventory because you cannot love God and love the world too. Romans 12 and 2 says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Father, I just pray today that you will take your word today, O oh God. The word, God, that you have burned within my spirit and within my heart—a sense of urgency that has that has come into my spirit, O oh God. Holy Spirit, will you take God's infallible, life changing, life altering, miracle working word? Holy Spirit, will you take that word and do a work of conviction in those that need it? Do a work of warning to those that need it. Let it enlighten those that are ignorant.